Well, this midweek connection has several important announcements and a very interesting question that I'm going to respond to in the spiritual focus section. This is August the 23rd, 2023. quick reminders. The annual budget meeting is this Sunday, August the 27th at 6.30 p.m. Child care is going to be available so our young families can attend without distraction. Also, uh, week number two of the ministry fair is also this Sunday. Now, week number one went great with many people visiting tables, asking questions, and some signing up to be part of a specific ministry in the coming year. Now, if you didn't get a chance to participate last Sunday, you can do it this Sunday. The worship gathering is going to conclude at 11 a.m., while the children's ministry will continue uh, right through 11:20, so that parents can participate. You know, we're expecting a, a great year of ministry in our 2023-24 ministry year, and I hope that you will be a part of it. Number three, registration will be held this Sunday from noon to 3 p.m. for our Awana ministry. Now, as we've done in years past, this will be a drive-through registration. All you have to do is just pull up under the canopy on the west side and someone will come out to get your children signed up and registered for this new Awana year. Also, just want to say that we have so many volunteers that make our Awana and youth ministries effective. But Miss Tracy and Pastor Adam tell me that they are in need of a few volunteers to fill all of their ministry slots. So if you're interested in working with children or with teens, you can contact Tracy or Adam at the email address that is there on the screen, or you can call the church office and ask for Tracy or Adam, and they'd be happy to help. Number four, the Women's Ministry Meet and Greet. It's coming up Saturday, September the 9th at 9 a.m. in the community room. More details will be provided and registration opportunities will be in this Friday's email blast. Finally, On Mission Podcast. Our weekly sermons as well as the Midweek Connection is now available in podcast form. And you can find these resources on Spotify, Google, or Apple podcast platforms. You know, really, a podcast is a great way to keep caught up or to review a message when you don't have time to sit down to watch the video. You can just listen on the go. I encourage you to check it out. Well, those are this week's announcements, and now we'll turn our attention to the spiritual focus. I'm continuing with our recent uh, spiritual focus emphasis, questions for the pastor. Today's question comes from a member who asks this question. What happened to the Old Testament saints after they died? 
Paul tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Old Testament saints, they didn't have Jesus Christ to receive as Lord and Savior at that time. I understand that Christ died for all, past, present, and future. Were Old Testament saints given a credit statement based on faith? <laughs> okay, well, it seems that there are really two questions here. One, how were Old Testament saints saved? That seems to be one part of the question. And secondly, where did the redeemed Old Testament saints go when they died? Well, first, let's tackle the question, how were Old Testament saints saved? Now, simply put, Old Testament sinners were saved in the same way that New Testament sinners are, by God's grace through faith. Now, the question could be raised, well, faith in what or whom? You know, many believe that Old Testament sinners were saved by keeping the law, but that simply isn't true. Former Pharisee, and a Pharisee was an expert in the law, turned Christ follower Paul wrote to the believers in Rome. He said, For by the works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Romans 3.20 Simply put, the law was not given to bring salvation. It was given to show our need for it. Now, as it relates to the law not bringing salvation, let's take Abraham as an example. Now, he was an Old Testament sinner. Question, was he saved? Yes. By the law? No. You know, Abraham lived 400 years before the law was given. So, how then was he saved? Well, Genesis 15, 6 says of Abraham, And he believed the Lord. And he, the Lord, counted it to him, Abraham, as righteousness. Abraham was saved. He was made righteous by faith. He believed the Lord. And Paul reinforces this in Romans chapter 4, verse 3, where he tells us the exact same thing. You know, in the Garden of Eden, right after the fall of Adam and Eve, a Messiah was promised by God. Although he was not revealed until Jesus took on flesh and presented himself as such, faith in the promise of God in this regard was counted to those who believed as righteousness. And as such, they would then be covered by the sacrifice of that Messiah when he came. So, in short, the Old Testament people were saved by faith, just like New Testament people are. Okay, so what about the Old Testament saints? Where did they go when they died? Well, Paul makes it clear that for New Testament saints to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. That is, we go directly into the presence of Christ when we breathe our last. But you know, that, that's not what happened to the Old Testament saints. Now, before I give my response, let me say that there is, uh, that there is, there is not a unanimous agreement on this, this issue that I'm about to discuss. Uh, some great Bible scholars and teachers believe that the Old Testament saints went directly into the presence of the Lord when they died, just like New Testament saints do now. However, 
I respectfully disagree. In Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, we find Jesus shedding light on this topic. Uh, let's take a look. Verse 19. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, when the dogs came, moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. Actually, it says bosom in the uh, King James Version. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is uh, comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between you and uh, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said then, I beg you, Father, to send him, that is Lazarus, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that, they may, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses, meaning the first five books of the Old Testament and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Now Jesus tells us that when Lazarus died, he was taken by the angels to Abraham's side or to Abraham's bosom, or as it says in some translations, to paradise. Now, notice that neither Lazarus nor Abraham are said to be in heaven at this time. When the rich man died, he went to Hades, which is also known as the place of the dead. The Hebrew word Sheol means the same thing, the place of the dead. Now, the way Jesus describes this, it seems that both Hades and paradise were in proximity to one another, and that there was this chasm between the two so that one could not cross over to the other. So as I read that, I gather from this that prior to Jesus' death for sin and resurrection to new life, all people who died went to the place of the dead. They all went to Hades. Now, it seems that in that time, Hades was divided into two places. One part it was torment, that's where the rich man was, and one, paradise, and that's where Lazarus and Abraham were. So, what about this paradise place? Well, interestingly, as Jesus was on the cross, before he gave his life as the final payment for sin, 
one of the thieves that was being crucified beside him professed faith in him as the Messiah, saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Luke 23:42. You know, as simple as it was, he was expressing faith in Jesus as the Messiah that he claimed to be. And what did Jesus say to him? He said this, Today you will be with me in heaven. Oh no, that's not what it says. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23:43. Now Peter gives us some revelation on this place as well. Not paradise necessarily, but, but of... Um, uh, Hades. First Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. I want you to notice what he says of Jesus between the time he died on the cross and the time that he rose from the dead. Follow with me. Verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, notice, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. I believe he's talking about the torment side of Hades there. In verses 20 through 21, Peter then talks about the context of these spirits being in prison because of their rebellion against God in pre-flood days. And then he goes on to equate the eight who were saved on the ark with baptism, which is our symbolic identification with Christ. And then in verse 22, Peter goes on to say of Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Simply put, in verse 18, we find Jesus dying for sin. In verse 22, we find Jesus in heaven. It would appear as though in between, we find Jesus in Hades, in the place of the dead not suffering for sin, but proclaiming his victory over sin. But we also find that he's on the paradise side because he told the thief on the cross, you will join me today in paradise. And no doubt there he was presenting himself as the Messiah that the Old Testament saints had believed in without knowing who or what that Messiah was. But now, of course, is revealed in himself, Jesus the Christ. Well, that explains then what happened to the Old Testament saints when they died. They went to the paradise side of Hades, the place of the righteous dead. That begs the question, are they still there? Are they still there in Hades in the paradise side? Or are they now in the presence of the Lord in heaven? Again, there's not unanimous agreement on this. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, uh, Paul speaks of Jesus descending, leading captives free, and giving spiritual gifts to his church. Let's read. Verse 8. Speaking of Jesus, when he ascended on high, notice, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now, when you put Luke and Peter and Paul together, 
It seems to indicate that when Jesus and the believing thief died, they both descended to the paradise side of Hades where Jesus presented himself as the victor over sin. Then it seems that he led the Old Testament saints out of the paradise side of Hades into heaven, into the presence of God. You see, at this point, he had paid their sin debt. Prior, he hadn't. They were trusting in that Messiah to come, but now the Messiah had come, their sins had been dealt with, and so he takes them into the presence of God. And ultimately, 40 days later, after ascending to heaven to take his place at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven, the Holy Spirit came then, bestowing those spiritual gifts upon the church, the New Testament saints. So, in summary, here's what I find through these scriptures. And I believe this answers the individual's question. Old Testament saints were saved by faith in God's promise of a Messiah. They believed Him. He counted it to them as righteousness. Old Testament saints then went to the paradise side of Hades when they died. Their sins had not yet been dealt with by the blood of Christ. When Jesus died, He had done that then. He had dealt with their sins. He descended to the place of the dead, presented Himself as victor over sin and death, leading then the Old Testament saints out of Hades and the paradise side and into God's presence. So that now, today, when a believer dies, they go directly into the presence of the Lord, just as Paul states in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. <laughs> wow, a long explanation. I could preach two hours on that, but you don't want to listen two hours. But I hope that helped. Okay, well, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the revelation that you give us in your word that helps us to understand things we could never understand. And Lord, that you have the same plan of salvation for those prior to Jesus as you do, do those who have been born after Jesus. It's all by faith and your grace. Lord, for those Old Testament saints who dwelled in paradise, it is a joy to learn they are now in your presence and to reflect on the reality that when we die, those of us who are saved now, that we will come directly into your presence. What a blessing, what an encouragement that is. Father, help us to really appreciate that and to show that appreciation by sharing the good news of the gospel with others that you open the door and allow us to have an opportunity to share with. And may we, the Mission Church, find ourselves busy at helping other people come to know Jesus so that when they pass from this life, they will be in your presence as well. Father, I lift this prayer to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this Sunday, we conclude our series, Family on Mission. Uh, Pastor Adam is going to speak to us about the right model, the right model. Now, I'm going to be there. I encourage you to be there. Until then, God bless and have a great week.